Oh yeah. Hello everybody, welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. This is a very special episode, our 300th live from Twitter Spaces. So if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitter Spaces, join us now. Feel free to uh, request a line and we'll let you speak. But before we go any further, let me introduce the panel tonight. Coming in from SoCal, we have Joel. Joel, how we doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> nice. Give us one. So that should give us three more weeks of Buse. So I'm good for September. And uh, coming in from, uh, I think he's a Florida man now. Cheekies, he's, he's back, man. He's been... He's been missing from action. Coincidentally, his Pumas are doing really bad, so I don't know if those two had anything to do with each other. Uh, I'm home. I'm currently homeless, so I'm uh, without a home over here in Florida, though, enjoying the beach and the weather. And uh, yeah, the 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 failures of Pumas is not affecting me, not phasing me. I'm over here laughing at. Uh, Memes and our our friend Ka El Ka Choa <laughs> called to the U uh, eighteen. Lots of lots of good stuff going on on the on the internet. <clears throat> yeah, uh, latest news: Emmy El Ka Ochoa. He's got the Ka haircut there. Tracuache. <laughs> he uh, he plays for the San Jose Earthquakes, and he's been called up to the Mexico U eighteen national team. And yeah, his photo is just pretty funny because. <laughs> He's got that little bowl <laughs> cut going on. Three hundredth episode. I wasn't here for the original, the first one you guys ever did. But uh, tell me about those days. Oh, Ron was in the dark room, and he's on. He's on listening. But yeah, typical. <laughs> oh, viral but, uh, we had we had. I was saying. I was saying well, we had we had Afro Sander back in the day. He was on for a few episodes, and um, and then Joel had to work the first day, but then he came on strong. We were going for uh, for a while. Then we got some some other guys, Dan, Dan, uh, Christian. That dude, man, I forgot about all about Christian was on for a little bit, and uh, who else came Pern? on? You forgot Pern. Oh yeah, Pern was on for a long time. So, so uh, then, he was, then he was given a gunshot. I heard. Cheeky's uh, sort of went ahead. It's actually the pot was him and and Ron's idea to start it. Really? Yeah, they were the ones that started the pod, and it was uh, Cachirules, but a lot of the Liga MX Ang fam, they didn't really know what Cacherules was. So it got, it got kind of tiring having to explain it all the time. And it's really old, so it's not it's not meant as a slight. Cacherulo goes way back to, to even before the... So it was the 1990 um, when Mex got disqualified. For the World Cup for the youth, but it, the Cachirulas kind of was like I think a year or two before that, 
And then the name came from some show that I think was from the 70s. It was some, you know, like like uh, Chabuelo, I, I guess. It's really old, too. But you know how you always place a little kid? So back in the 70s was a dude that, you know, he, he, he would act like a little kid, you know, for a TV show, which was kids' TV show, and it was El Cachirulo. So that's that's far back for some of these guys that are fairly young. Us, us young pochos, man, we don't know all about that stuff. Why why isn't Ron on, on the <laughs> microphone? I uh, I had put him. I yeah. invited him to speak, but he's also a baby boomer, so he probably doesn't know how to <laughs> he can't figure it out. <laughs> he's talking right now. <laughs> he, he thinks we're ignoring him. <laughs> He's like, I'm not getting a dial tone. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, yeah, we'll uh, kick this off with Liga and Mekis action. Like Joel mentioned, Chivas actually got their first victory at home at the expense of Necaxa. It didn't go without some controversy there with Chivas actually getting a penalty call at the very, and I'm talking like very, very last second. Angel Saldivar lines up to take the penalty. And guess what? Of course, he missed. And uh, the referee said, well, I gave you guys everything to win the game. So uh, let's do this again. And he actually (laughs) made them replay the penalty. The goalie was off his line and he puts it away. Bucetich lives for another week. Chivas get a victory, but um, like everybody was on talking on the Chivas del Norte uh, podcast, everybody was like happy, angry, you know, happy that we got the result, but angry that, you know, Bucetich is still around. That's crazy. That's crazy because uh, I didn't see Bucetich on the pitch, like uh, allowing that, that cross to go in for a goal or, or you know, he wasn't like trying to score or trying to defend. He was on the sidelines, you know, doing coaching stuff. It's the, the players on the field who are failing. <clears throat> they just need they just need a scapegoat. Ah, okay. So you're not blaming Vucic for? No, I, and I've been saying this for a long time. I just I just pray for Almeida to come back and for Chivas to still suck, and then they can, <laughs> they, can, they, can they can rid themselves of all these excuses and stuff. And just realize, okay. Yeah, that, that wouldn't happen, Chickies. They would just blame uh, the, the Almeida believers, would just blame Amaudi. Oh, yeah. I mean, the team already sucked on the Almeida yeah, he's the last two so, seasons. He's but, Argentinian, so he's free of blame. So he, go find a Mexican to blame, right? He could, he could La Volpe 20 years in Liga MX without winning anything and still be very popular. And, <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it is, man. No, I just think some coaches are are just popular. I, I do think he he has like an attractive style of play when he gets the team doing good. So the, and the fans like that. He knows how to talk to the fans and even to the to the players. So that's that's his big draw, and and like that gives him more cushion, you know, for when teams are not doing well. Because he did, he had two very bad seasons. You know, where they finished 17th and I believe 15th, one of those seasons, did not win a single game at home. But, I mean, they did well in the 
Copa MX and the Champions uh, Conca Champions. So I mean, you know, that sort of that sort of covered up how bad the team was doing during Liguilla, where they were playing the, you know, the better rivals. So I mean, there was no sign there was going to be improvement, and I think he knew that because he wanted refuerzos. Well, it's one of those results that it's going to be a valuable three points towards the end of the season as we uh, stumble into Repechaje as the 12th seed maybe. Right now, with that victory, Chivas have nine points, 11th position. And guess who we have next? Pumas on Sunday at 3 p.m. Oh, boy. Where, where is it at? It's at home. Oh, no, actually, it's on the road. It's... Uh, in La Ciudad de Mexico. 3 p.m. Yeah, that's weird, right? Usually those games are at 10 a.m. Well, they're counting on the... What is it? What's the weather? They're counting on the altitude, the humidity. You know, they want one of those... One of those games. And it's going to be like a slug fest. Yeah, with Pumas, I mean, they sold Johan Vasquez or... Loaned them out to uh, Genoa. I feel like they have no refuerzos. But uh, what's been yeah. going on with your Pumas, Chiggies? I have no idea, man. I'm trying to change this podcast into a, into a Paul Brothers MMA type of podcast or something. <laughs> Distract myself from these these horrific results from the Pumas. <clears throat> yeah, they failed to win... Uh, against Toluca, Toluca ended up winning 2-1 on Sunday. Juan Ignacio Dineno still store, scoring goals for you guys, but he also, I believe, got a red card. There was three red cards in that match. What the hell happened, man? <laughs> was there just like a slugfest or something? He just, and that was like a penalty for Dineno. So it's not like he's lighting anything up, man. Mm. It's just he's not. He's not. He can't do things by himself. He needs guys around him and there are and the guys that were there are no longer there so i see he just, he just can't uh he can't do it like the the main dudes the main dude that's there is alan mosel like everyone you know expects like good things out of him but like he's if he keeps on doing well he might be he might be gone like, too he might be gone that's just what Pumas is, man. Anyone who does well are usually like youth or, or uh, you know, people don't stay long. So tough. It's just a farmer's team. I feel it. Even the even the like uh, even the foreigners and stuff they stay they they stay for a little bit, but then eventually they leave. Also, like uh, like homeboy went to Tigres. Yep, Cocoliso. Was doing really well over there in Tigres. So yeah, some of the results from match week seven. Mazatlan kicked things off against Atlético San Luis. They tied two two. Then we had Puebla over Querétaro one nil. Tijuana and Monterrey tied two two. Rogelio Funes Mori scoring in that one and uh, a golazo from Charlie Rodriguez. Uh, both Mexican players and both will be going to the World Cup qualifiers on Thursday against Jamaica, kicking things off 
for this, I guess, qualifiers to Qatar. How do how do we feel about this summer? You know, Mexico lost the Nations League. They lost the Gold Cup. And last week, they lost the MLS All-Star Game. <laughs> I got a quick take on that, though. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm on to side with Varo, and I think I'm going to be a U.S. national team fan. You know? <clears throat> I'm going to switch... I'm going to switch jersey for the real team who, who gets actual oh. results. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you, you go to any of those games, they sell those half Mexico, half USA jerseys. You get it's, jersey. a one, it's, it's a Chicken one-time doesn't switch. doesn't want half, though. He wants just like one quarter. It's a one-time switch, <laughs> dude. He just wants one green stripe down the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think the results are a bit exaggerated I mean and we talked about it in the past weeks we've seen mechs where they you know they'll, they'll be gold cups where they dominate and then you know in the same world cup cycle so they'll, they'll have one gold cup where they you know they just smash on all their opponents and they win and then they'll play the second one and they won't even make it to the final <clears throat> And so it's kind of, you know, I, I too many, too many reasons or excuses. Depends how you look at it. But I, I think you know, you saw Mex. They reached the final in in both games, and they did not lose in uh, in regulation time. They both went when one went to penalties, one went to extra time. So it's not like they were looking bad. You know, they just they just weren't able to win it, and games were one off. You know. It would be different if they had like uh, best out of six, like in basketball. So it, it yeah, no, I, mean, they, I think the, I think the media makes it look worse than it really is. No, it is worse. It, I even called. I even predicted it, man. You, I, I predicted. I, I don't know if I predicted it, but I was like, man, I hope this happens just to calm down all these like Mexican hype fans and stuff. Well, I mean, that's and it was that's the U.S. national sell, team. That's how they sell Mexico, though. The, the well, media. No, I'm not talking about the media. I'm talking about the fans who just like. Well, that's why right, because they listen to Pool Picante and and other shows similar, and that's where they get their talking points. I guarantee you, go listen to it and then see what's being posted on Twitter. And a lot of times, it's the exact talk talking points from that. And it's not just because they saw one show. It's it's usually through many shows where they they'll keep repeating certain things, and you you know they say it they say it long enough where you start believing something that that it's you know it, it sort of starts becoming like a reality all of a sudden that's the team is bad you know just because they lost the final to the u.s now all of a sudden it's like panic mode and fire tata and it's it's a bit it's a bit exaggerated we gave the example on um manuel manuela puente you know he had that great run from the world cup 98 one of the most exciting if, if you know for the games how Max played that was 98 99 he wins Confederations Cup first big international trophy for Selección Mayor you know the chance was La Puente para Presidente that's what the fans would chant and then 2000 he plays the Gold Cup gets eliminated I, I think it was in the elimination round of, anyways he gets eliminated and all of a sudden it's Fuera La Puente and the team sucks and He's no good. It's like, 
for a Gold Cup, I mean, this guy was crushing it, and he has one bad tournament, and all of a sudden it's like, get rid of him, he's a bum. And they wanted the guy that was, like, killing it, which was Ojitos, because his teams were looking really good. And then we all saw how that turned out. You know, one of the worst to Mexico national teams we've seen. Uh, team almost being, you know, not making it to the World Cup. And so, I mean, and I do, I do blame the media because they're the ones that create a lot of this. You know, they'll, they'll make... A lot of situations seem a lot worse than they really are. Well, no, I think I think from the beginning, the thing that gets me is because from the beginning, the Nations Cup, Mexico goes in and then they lose, and all the fans are like, "Oh, well, that 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 cup doesn't even matter. That's like some brand new cup. Uh, you know, <laughs> we don't care about that. The main cup is the Gold Cup. Then we go into the Gold Cup and, and we, we see the U.S. That. not even yeah. bring not even bring their their best players." And Mexico's like, that okay, is true. Mexico, if you lose this, you really suck. And then they go and they lose it. And everyone's like, uh, you know, Mexican fans just sort of like are quiet and stuff. Because Mexican fans, like half of, and, and this is like U.S. Mexican fans, U.S.-based portrayals and stuff, half of their life revolves around sticking it to a U.S. national team fan. <laughs> that's <their whole> goal. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> that's their whole goal in life. And I think that stems from, and, and many guys probably barely remember 2002, um, where the U.S. all of a sudden, like three or four U.S. fans had, had their had their time in the sun and were gloating on Mexican fans. Um, and the Mexican fan was like, how did, how dare you? How did that ever come about? And now Where's sort of... The, I mean, because you can't say how did that come about. You must not have been paying attention because they had already beat in Mexico a few times leading to the World Cup. They beat them in uh, Copa America. You know, they, they, they eliminated them, actually, in penalties. Uh, and then they, they had beaten Mex for some Gold Cups. The very first Gold Cup when they got rebooted, 19, what was it, 90 or 91? You know, so, I mean, there was a few results. They had been beating them in, in World Cup qualifying. So it's not like, how did this happen, you know? And even amistosos, and I remember fans would say, well, this is just a Molero. We're not even taking it serious. But by the time the World Cup comes around, you know, they already had a good amount of wins. It's, it's almost like when Mex had started beating Brazil, you know, and, and across the board. And then when, when they play them, it's like even the Brazilian players now, they can't just think, oh, it's Mexico. We're going to roll over them. They, they know that. Mex has the potential to beat them. So it's it's almost the same, you know? It's where it's like... Little brother he, grew up, finally. Yeah, yeah, it's... But it's, like, it's, at the time, though, at the time, Mexico was, like, looking for greatness during the World Cup, where they had the path, right? Like, we talk about Costa Rica and their path in the World Cup, where they had, was it Greece? Uh, and, they, and they made it past the... <laughs> Ask them yeah. to get further into yeah, the Yeah, it was. It was the U.S., but, I mean, I think that was going up against a rival that was we, – we're seeing it as weak because they lack, like, a lot of more history, you know, uh, when compared to the other teams in FIFA. But as a rival it, in, in a one-off game, it, was, it wasn't going to be easy. So I think that's where, you know, we, we sort of, like – take credit away from from the US team. Well, I'll tell you guys this straight up. I think Tata's walking on eggshells right now. 
You start off this oh, campaign. No. You start off this campaign against Jamaica, no fans in the stadium, and you end up tying or losing the game. That's a wrap, B. Like he's gonna get fired because I think no. I mean, look, didn't uh, I think uh, FMF has shown to be a bit more not not so quick, quick with the. You're telling me if they 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 draw against Jamaica, he's not on the. He's not no. getting fired. I just know they're gonna have to be dangling from the, you know, because we we saw it with um, you know Chapo. He had a bad, really horrific start, and they gave him enough. Same with Ojitos when he was like, he was doing really worse, and they gave him they gave him you know the same. So, but I I think you guys just taking credit credit from Tata like expecting a, a draw. I. I well, I'm just it saying. I'm just. I'm just throwing this out there. They're gonna play against Jamaica on on Thursday, 7 p.m. Then they go to Costa Rica on Sunday, and I would say if they don't walk out of there with at least, let's say, four points out of those two games, I think everyone's gonna start piling on and wanting this dude yeah. out. Because you I don't want to start. You don't want to start a process to the World Cup with any doubt, any fear, any just any anything that could what turn into something worse. But I think they're gonna, they're gonna. It's already on it, you know. The, the media's already on it, and controversy sells. So, regardless, they're gonna criticize. I see. No, but the, he, the he, could, he could make six it. points. They're still gonna find something to talk about. The fan, like he's got the Argentina effect. He got, he's got the Mati effect. Like, remember <laughs> when they were doing this? I don't TV, know, man. A lot TV of people thing. already turned. A lot of people it, already turned on Tata. I don't, I don't see it. I see. I, I still. Well, I I don't see it now. But I remember they used to do that cheesy phrase "estata estatamos contigo" or something like that. Yeah, well, that's so they, they, They're still they're still there, man. They, he has the Argentine Argentina effect. And uh, if it were any other Mexican, he'd probably be either gone already by now, or like Jaime said, if there's any type of mediocre result against Jamaica and Costa Rica, I, I agree. It's got to be four points. You got to take four points on those two games. All right, who 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 are they bringing? Seriously, who would they put in? Well, we got a UEFA licensed coach now by the name of Gonzalo Pineda. He's not taking it. He's and not. And Luis Perez. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, I don't <laughs> so, know. Jimmy Lozano. The, the, I mean, lots in there with his bronze medal. Be like, hey Nacho, I know you're coaching in the second division that nobody cares about. How about you coach the national <laughs> he, team? He's not. He's not taking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's I, not he won't take it like that i really do hope that everything goes well on thursday um because we don't want to get into a situation where like you mentioned you know you get rid of of a coach and then you end up putting a well, the, not even... just any coach i mean fm has been wanting a coach of that like tata's caliber for a long time well, what has like, tata done or... really he's never won any silverware yeah, he's he won the gold cup. He won he won one gold cup. <laughs> he didn't win any silver with the, Argentina, you know. In MLS, second place. I mean, that's still silver, not the gold. But he has got <laughs> just hey, look, you guys are what celebrating a bronze medal already, handing over Chivas and oh god, <laughs> I wasn't celebrating and, and a bronze medal. She was embarrassing. I know for for getting bronze. So I mean, you got Lexi's no, Vega I, tattooing I his good. shin. Because he got a bronze medal, like no mames, man, that's embarrassing. Hey, it's, it's, 
I would still wear it. I wear it every day. But not just hey, not just anyone can win an Olympic. You no, know, that's true. Medal. So I mean, if you have one, even if it's bronze, you, Chaton Enriquez won the golds. If he can and do it, he, anybody can. Yeah, he and he has that. You know, he's he might. I don't know what happened to him, but he has that. You know, it's it's hanging on his probably on his bed on top of his bed. But you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, FMF has been wanting a coach that was seen as like world class. So I mean, you're not. Pep, Pep said he's not available until what next year, so yeah. when he says 2023, but I mean you're you're not um, you're not going to find anyone right now of that. They're going to have to go with some someone local, and that's just going to be even more more this Madrid. So, um, I mean, who who you throw in there, man? We can always call up Sven Goran Eriksson. I mean, or, uh, Aguirre, Aguirre for third, his third time. <laughs> What's Aguirre but doing I mean, now? He's at Rayados, well, right? Well, yeah, he's getting fat, fat check. Oh, you know, they, they drove a dump truck full of money to his house. He, FMF might not even be able to, to equal that. Actually, I, I don't, I don't, I want Tata to continue. Like just, just like, just like you with the, like I want the heat to be on him though. And because you know, you remember when the heat was on uh, Osorio, and he started like raging a little bit. He started like retaliating and, and like getting all upset. Was the heat ever the on heat. Osorio though? I know they were criticizing because of the cambios, but we went to Russia like walking, fan. like we qualified without skipping a beat. No, but there was the six zero, the Copa America centenario humiliation. I thought it was seven. You know, and oh yeah, seven was heat. <laughs> <laughs> With the years, I'm gonna be quitando goles. <laughs> it was it was only four zero. <laughs> yeah, I would be really old. Every year, ha- you, you subtract a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, nah, man. There, there was I think just the media, mostly like the media and and a lot of fans that just didn't like the guy, uh, but. Tata safe. He's gonna have to lose like his first three games. Well, uh, we have uh, Ron, but he can't. This can he's. I told him to band. request a request to speak and see if can still find that button. <laughs> Put your glasses. To... <laughs> well, today was the last day of the summer transfer window. There was a lot of action going on, uh, and in Mexico. Santiago Munoz, not Santiago Munez from Goal the Movie, but Santiago Munoz is joining Newcastle. What? What is, is this even real life? Is, is this a life simulation? Imitating art. <laughs> you know what's crazy, and I always I'm always skeptical about these kind of moves because I'm like, okay, like do Newcastle are are they genuinely interested in him, or is this all like a publicity stunt? You know, to sell jerseys. It could be. It could be, and there was that article in, uh, I don't know if it was The Guardian, and it was about Rida Ragori who wants to, he wants to, like, purchase a team in England. He wants to have his Grupo Orlegi, and he wants to, you know, have a team in the EPL eventually. And that that could probably be part of it, you know, if he's, he's over there trying to, like, 
make connections or whatnot. Because I, I, yeah. I think Newcastle was broke at one point, so I mean, he has that Orlegi money lying around. Just start throwing it at Newcastle United. It felt just like yesterday that he made his debut for the senior team for Santos, and I remember that Newcastle had tweeted with like the two eyeballs. And that's when everybody started thinking, oh, my God, like, is Newcastle interested? Like, what's going to happen? Is he really going to, like, go to Newcastle? You know, and it's just like now he's at Newcastle. I, I really haven't kept up with them in a while, um, but I believe they're still in the Premier League. So I don't know. I don't know who, who he's going to be competing against as far as the starting lineup. But it is a loan. It's not like a permanent transfer. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant, a little bit, you know. I'm not convinced that they actually were genuinely interested in him. Maybe they're just going to try and sell jerseys and get more. Because you know what happens when a Mexican joins any club. Everybody hops online and follows them on social media and, you know, becomes this beautiful thing. And um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, I wish him the best of luck out there. Same. Same. Jake is probably saying no because he wants. He's just full of salt. I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing him. I hope he does good. Does um, he? Does he, cool. does he also have some, asthma? If you want some salt, though, here's some salt. On uh, I know Jaime. <laughs> I know that? Jaime mentioned Monterrey. Uh, apparently, Cesar Montes is signed or renewed with Monterrey and yes. is not going to Europe. And there was a, a yeah. <laughs> there was a tweet from uh, Kerry News. Katie News, I don't know who this dude is, but uh, he was—he used the word sentenciar. He was—it's like he was sentenced to stay in Monterrey, as if it's a sentence to stay in Mexico or. Uh, See, that's—that's that's what I've been talking about, Chiquis. It's—it's it's too much negativity when when talking about the league, and and I see it more in Mex, where it's like, it's almost like this this self depreciation, you know. I, I was in Argentina and and. Man, you know. Hey, crabs in a bucket. It is, dude. It is, and over there, their league, you know, they see it as top. They they don't they don't put it down. Um, and but when it comes to Max, you know, it's not like there was offers. You know, there's like Euro teams banging down Monterrey's door trying to get that guy. And have you anyone heard anything, Montes? Because so, I haven't. I thought he was gonna go abroad. I really like him, but I've never heard. Any team, you know. Apparently, there was two offers from Italian clubs, but it didn't meet the threshold. So, you know, Rayal's pretty much bullied him into signing. Uh, there is no, a I there mean, is a release clause, the, but it's fourteen million now. So, I think his chances and even of that's going not a lot. Dude, fourteen is not a lot. Yeah. When you compare it to some of these prices that are like sixty, seventy, hundred, twenty. Yeah. peanuts now. I, I agree, but we're not Brazilian or Mexican or sorry, Brazilian or, or Argentinian. Yeah, so we can't we can't request those prices because we well, for, I mean not we, sixty or seventy, but still no need to go. No, not, even 14. fourteen. Like I know he's like, you know, he's on this national team, he went to the Olympics, like I know he's got like you know, compared to other youngsters in that age gap, like I get it, but no one in Europe is gonna spend fourteen million on this kid. Maybe seven, well, I, maybe eight, but 14? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, it depends. I mean, how much was Raul? They took him for, like, what was it? When they, when, 
Was it 12 or 15? I'm on transfer market right now. Let's find out. Also, they, while when, I look that up, went... Ron is uh his mic's on. He's are you can you talk? Yes. Ah, finally, he finally figured out after three tries. Yeah. Two weeks, five days. <laughs> <laughs> no, earlier earlier in the week I tweeted uh I retweeted and I made a comment about uh an interview that the uh, League MX president, you know, uh, gave out uh, gave out. Yes, I'm glad you came you, on because I, I wanted to. Do you remember I that? I wanted you to talk about. Yeah, that, well, like, it, it seems like when I was reading the article, it, it, it seems like it's like they're pissing all over the putt and it's like they don't know what they want to do. It's like, okay, are you going to become one of the premier leagues in the world or are you going to be content feeding strong, stronger leagues? And, and, and for me, that seems it's, it just seems like it's a fool's errand. And uh, I mean, I, I still and right now and right now, the fact that, you know, you have the U.S., you know, with you know, a lot of players and good for them. I mean, they have a lot of players playing in, in the in the U.L. And, and in Europe and stuff. And and a lot of people are buying the uh, you know, they're buying into it. It's like, oh, my God, they're going to take us. You know, they're going to take, you know, take over and they're going to be a, a lot better and blah, 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 blah. People just forget that, you know, 15, 20, 25 years ago. We were playing teams like Honduras, Canada, Jamaica. I still remember. I still, I would still remember. You know, you'd yeah. had pundits in, in in Mexico saying, "Oh my God, you know, Jamaica's got you know X player playing in the Premiership. They have five players playing in the Premiership, or they have you know all you know their their the entire star starting lineup playing but in." in, in, in that had the striker from Man U. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's like. Okay, I, I've I've heard that argument before, and you know, with other not just teams in the in the in the in Concacaf, but even teams in, you know, like you know, teams like from from Africa and stuff like that, where all their starters and the majority of their rosters are Euro based, playing in you know, in you know, top tier one and top tier two leagues, but I, I still just don't buy it, and it's not that I'm being you know a traditionalist here. I still, I still don't see the value. I've, I'll say this: if you're gonna, be, if you're gonna play for Manchester United, if you're gonna play for Real Madrid, if you're gonna play for, for this that select, select, select few, go for it. But if you're not, I still don't see the value of playing in Porto. I still don't see the value of playing in Benfica. I still don't see the value of playing in in, in Olympiacos or 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 PSV or whatever. I just don't. And and now. And now, twenty years later, we're basically doing what the Euro wines are doing, and 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 South Americans are doing, are begging European clubs, "Hey, can you please let us borrow our players?" Yeah, it's it's yeah, well, like the, 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 well, that's the big reason right now, Ron, that the selection won't have selection. They won't have their Euro-based players for the Jamaica game. They're, they're not gonna let them. Uh, yeah, because of COVID, right? They're not letting them. <laughs> But I mean, still the point. They kind of have to beg them, or, or yeah, that's the point, you know. Players. The only re- yeah. the only reason I agree with that is because we've done it both ways, right? We've had Mexican national teams in the World Cup, mainly based out of Mexico, and then we've had the complete opposite. We've had teams that were mainly based out of Europe, and guess what? For as long as I've been alive, 
we've done the same exact result uh, round of 16 exit so we haven't seen any changes well, any advances here's the thing here's the here's the thing though i understand that it's still the exact same result but the form the way you play matters and honestly no, but- since the team since the team became more euro based I don't see. I don't really see an improvement in the t- in the in the. Uh... Well, well, Ron, the the more Mexico-based team won the confederations and reached two Copa America finals. Exactly. The, right. the, the right. heavy the heavy Euro-based team is the one that got Terrazas handed to them in a silver platter. Yeah. I mean, not, not even the sub twenty-three with Piojo. They even managed to 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 tie Chile in Chile, and then we. We send our, our tough boys and, and they get they get whooped. Yeah. I still say and, and, and I, I still maintain that Mexican soccer and meaning the, the you know the, the the you know the executives, they need to get their head out of their asses, forget about Europe and 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 and, 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 and make a point to compete in Copa America and and uh Libertadores. Libertadores, that's, yeah. that's the key right there. Well, again, look, I, I do feel that's the mistake where they're always looking abroad and you're not going to replicate what they have in England or what they have, you know, in, in Spain or whatnot. And you're but not- I do think we're, we're much closer to like, like Argentina and Brazil. And in many ways, Liga MX already surpasses them in many, in many aspects. It, it, they do. Salary right, wise, right now Mexico has an advantage that Mexico of the yesteryears did not have, which is competition in, 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 in direct competition. Because when Argentina, you know, when Argentina was you know winning their World Cups, when Brazil was winning their World Cups, when Uruguay was winning their World Cups, they had that internal competition, that direct competition that was nearby, right. Well, Mexico didn't have that. Well, you know, with, you know, all due respect to Central America and the Caribbean, Mex- you know, at the time, U.S. didn't have soccer, or the it, well, actually, it did, but it was most mostly ethnic leagues and stuff like that. And, and but it, it by no, I mean, it, it didn't have professional soccer. So I, I just, I just think, I just think it's a mistake that, that you know, thinking that, you know, exporting, you know, X amount of players. That somehow that's going to build a, a World Cup, you know, uh, team. I, I don't. I think you know the the beautiful thing, the beautiful, or you know, one of the reasons why England, Spain, Germany, Italy, they have strong leagues that theoretically they can retain all their best players. You know, and and, and you know, obviously they play in World Cup, you know, qualifiers. They play in European no, Cup and, qualifiers. And that's that. Wait, and just just right there, Ron, when you said they could retain their best players, when we look at some of these squads that won yeah. the World Cup, like Italy, Germany, Spain, yeah. and you see the base of their players, they all played together, like in the same clubs. When Spain won, they yeah. had a bunch of players that had been playing together: Barcelona, Real it's like Madrid, half Madrid, half Barca. <laughs> and yeah. then Germany had from Bayern, yeah. yeah. And Italy had from Juve and Milan, yeah. And yeah. so, they, and you know, they they weren't spread around. They weren't in England and and other leagues. They had they had uh, local base players playing together, and that's something that it has hurt. The when you look at like Brazil and Argentina and 
They haven't been as dominant as before. And that's no. part of it because their best players are now scattered all over and they don't get to play together as much. No, they, I, bet, they, I bet Argentina, if it was locally based with Messi, dude, they would have been on a tear. It is. I mean, you think about it. What Since, what, 2002? There's only since you know after the World Cup in, in, in you know in J Japan Korea, there's only been one one finalist from the Americas, and that was Argentina and Brazil. But but just every other every other competition, it's been it's been European uh, you know European yeah. based finalists yeah, and, and stuff and like they, that. Yeah, and they yeah, and and you know we want to we say because oh, the best football is there, but then at the same time they're they got all the you know top South Americans over there. That's basically what's. What um, mm. making them better? You know, I just I don't know. I just I'm, I, I guess I'm. You know, I I, I don't. Unless you're going to play in that in that elite, go for it. But I said, I still maintain that that Mexico should 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 retain should retain its best players. They should partner with MLS and make MLS make you know the the game in the Americas, especially in the Northern Hemisphere of the Americas, make it you know extremely lucrative where it could retain, where it could basically not not just poach but actually make it a point where they the, the players from like you know the the, the South Americans like the Chiles and the and the, the Uruguays and the Brazils would rather would rather go to you to the United States rather than Europe. Right, or, go Mexico. To the US or, or, or Mexico, which, you know, which has happened, Ron. We've seen World Cups where Paraguay and Chile have Chile. like, yeah, three, four, or five players that are Liga MX based, and they're doing good. Ecuador, yeah. <laughs> and they're doing good. But when it comes to Mexicans, it's sort of like, you know, well, they're not that good because they're not abroad. Yeah, it's like there's double standard, and like I said, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I'm I'm in the minority when it comes to this, you know, line of thought. I know that everybody's going to say, "Oh no, you got to go." It's Europe, Europe. You got to be in Europe. But I do think had... though that you do benefit from being exposed to that level of of talent and competitiveness, and just like the physical training and all that. I mean, these. But, these... but you could bring it. You you could you, bring exactly, some of that. You... Jaime, we, we've had we've had um you know like like Leo Binhacker, you know and. And even even players that have been top players that have come. So if they did more of a focus more on bringing in, I just think life in Mexico is very very comfortable and it's easy to get compl complacent, especially when you're getting paid well, you're with your family, and you still live at home. You know what I mean? It's like it's like everything there is like you're not really grinding, you're not really winning but, but, your spot. But does every, that logic? When, the, but does that logic does that logic hold in Italy? Or in Spain, for the Spanish player or the Italian player? I think so. That's, they got to they got to still fight for no, their I mean, spot out there because there's there's a lot more talented players out there. But 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 the thing about it is, in Mexico, that's even tougher because they prefer South American players. I don't I don't I don't buy that the Mexican player or the Mexican coach is complacent because he wants to stay in Mexico. It's a tough league, you know. There's you know you know you're you're. you're they they compete against you know South American uh, South American uh, talent with that that's cheaper than the the Mexican pl uh, player. I just I just think I, I just think that Mexico Mexico they've been able to, they've been able to to do really something that's pretty impressive considering you know you know 
Mexico, the economy, you know, Mexico's economy, where they've been able to 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 create and foment an environment for world class football. When when you consider the the infrastructure, the stadiums, I mean, they're able, you know, the, you know, they the, they've been able to retain top coaches. I mean, think about it. I mean, they've they've been able to re- retain coaches that have coached, you know, in Barcelona, River Plate. Uh, you know, Barcelona, they've been able to retain, you know, coaches that have, you know, coached in top clubs and stuff like that. So they can emulate a lot of the stuff and bring it back, bring it back to, to, to Mexico. I just, I just think it's, I just, like I said, I don't, we've already been told that, oh no, Mexico needs to have its players in Europe. That was what, that's what they were said. Okay. Well, most of their players are now in Europe. But now, now they've changed the goalposts. Now they said, no, no, no. Now they got to be all playing in the Champions League, in the top, you know, and stuff like that. So when that happens, they're going to find another excuse. Oh no, we got to move the goalpost. Well, I think it's just being more and more ambitious because at a certain point, like we we didn't have anybody in Europe. I remember when I was growing up, we maybe had Rafael Marquez, and like every now and then, like somebody would go like Wow or Palencia, but we didn't have the like that many people in europe so i feel like as as we start to attain these these goals okay now we have a lot of players in europe okay well now what's next oh we got to get them playing in the highest competitive league uh, or tournament in the world which is champions league and you know you go from there and then then you can start you know being a little bit more demanding i do i do agree though that not everybody is is meant to go to europe you look at all these players and you know what's what 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 benefit is to go to Newcastle, for example, or Getafe, or just to be on the bench? It's like okay, well, you just like stunted your growth for for the last couple of years. You know, you've been grinding for so hard. Like I don't agree with Macias missing out on the Olympics to go to Getafe, only for him to be on the bench. Like that's that's a terrible. Whoever told him to do that is should get fired. Like that was it's much Man, more valuable to represent. Your your country in the Olympics then to to join a preseason at a team where you're loaned in so they have no obligation to actually play you. Yeah, there's there's you know the, the comment that you know Ho, that Hoyle made you know regarding regarding you know the, the the past you know World Cup champions where you know th- they were able to one you know retain their best players two you know. They're the base of their players, you know, that vertebrae, you know, that 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 solid back line and, and stuff like that. And and that solid midfield, most of those players, you know, were, you know, based on in, in one or two clubs, you know. If Mexico starts sending their players earlier, like let's say, you know, Cordoba and then, then let's say let's say, you know, what's his name? Macias goes and now and then like, let's say, uh, you know, a lot of these players leave. These guys are going to be scattered all over Europe. They're not really going to be playing together for many years, so they may be talented players, but the few times that they're going to be able to get together and actually have a training camp session and stuff like that, how how I, I don't see I don't see how they'll be able to have a cohesive unit. Yeah, if they're, and, I mean they never and, played with and, each and, other. Yeah. So I mean, if, if like you like you know like they said these guys from Barcelona. You know, when they had Xavi, these guys, I mean, they played for years. The guys from Bayern Munich, they played for years. You know, even, you know, you know, like, you know, like I said, the guys from Italy, they played like there's a base of players that played together, you know, for years. You're not going to have that. You're going to have you're going to have guys 
that are basically going to start saying, you know what, I can't go to this, you know, I, I can't go to this tournament or I can't go, to, you know, to this because I'm fighting for my 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 spot here, play, trying to trying to make a spot in in Porto or you know whatever you know tier B uh, European league or, or club is there, you know. I just I don't know. I, I, I'm still not convinced. It's gonna it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a deep run again in the Copa America with a full, you know, full, you know, team, uh, Mexican team and, and, and a couple deep runs in the world cup for, to, for, to convince me that that's the proper route to go until then. I'm not buying it. Uh, we had some comments on the YouTube chat. Sergio Cruz says since 94, has there been a Brazil or Argentine national team that has had a base of players playing in the same team Slash league. 86, 82, 86 was kind of like when you started to see um, in Argentina, you started to see uh, more of the players start going away. But like, for example, like that, in that 86 World Cup, Argentina had a very long uh, training camp. Um, they had a very, they had an extremely long training camp. Uh, I think Ivan Stikin was like close to like almost two months. I, I forget, but but you started. You, that's kind of like in the eight, er, in the late in the eighties. That's when you kind of started to see that that trend of 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 the, of the best best. We're talking about the elite uh, players going to Europe uh, because also there was also um, uh, what do you call it? There was a lot of the European leagues also had kind of like what Mexico had was. Which was a um, what was it the uh, uh, foreigner spots? Look, you know, they... look, look, I'm looking at the squad right now, Ron. 1986, yeah. Argentina. That's when they won. Only six players were in Europe. Yeah, because, because but, but back, to, but the, but they, they had uh, limitations on foreign on foreign players. Yeah, they did. Uh, but I mean, you know, we're just more to the. Not, I I, w- I would say that the Bosman ruling in '94 '95 was kind of like yeah. what. What really changed European? It opened uh, the floodgates. Exactly, not just not just domestically, but internationally. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just it's it's it's. I think I think what Europe does, I think it benefits the player more than the actual federation, because obviously you know they'll make more money. They'll obviously the European market's a lot you know has a lot you know a lot larger global appeal. And you know, and, and granted, you know, I th- I think it just benefits the individual player more than the actual team. Yeah, I think for selfish reasons, a lot of players go. I don't blame them, dude. I mean, it's hey, dude, they got to look out for their families. I don't. That's I don't. I won't ever criticize a player for trying to make more money. I, I do think though there might come a time when it's going to become separate. Uh, like as a player, you're not gonna be able to do both. You're either gonna have like a national team career or a club career. We'll probably see the really good players bouncing back and forth. But because there, there has been, you know, like there's talk about super leagues, and then there's been talk about even having the World Cup every two years as opposed to four. And we already seen like nation leagues and and whatnot. So if if stuff like that does happen. I, I do think it'll. What we're gonna see where players are more, um, just dedicated with the national team. 
I think a perfect example of that was jo- Giovanni Dos Santos. Really good national team career. And then for club, can't really think of too many <laughs> accolades or success stories he's had throughout the years. He was never consistent at any one club. He was a party animal, man. Uh, a lot of players are, you know. A lot of players are, but I, I just... For one reason or another, it just never, you know, he had, you know, you know, stints where he was doing really well, but I never was never really consistent in the long run at the club, at the club, you know. I got a question for you guys. Do you expect to see Chicharito Hernandez or Carlos Vela in this uh, in this cycle to Qatar? Do you expect Tata to uh, call them up or are they done? I think they're done. Carlos Vela done for sure. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would, I would say that I would say that Chich, that that uh, Hernandez. I think he's done. I think, I think from a from a mental game, I think he's shot. I, I don't think he's. We should he, ask Dreyfus. You know, um, <laughs> we, need, we need to get a hold of Dreyfus and be like, "Hey, what?" No, I, I, Ron, I, I think if they wanted to, like if they wanted to, they could like get a, get a chance. But like Vela's always been wishy-washy and I know Tata talked with him and I know Tata was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm not going to beg you or I'm not going to try to convince you. So I do think it has to come from Vela to reach out and say, I would like to play with the national team, you know, and with Cheech, I don't know, because I know there's been some internal stuff going on. Those rumors that he tried to organize a boycott during the during the last World Cup and whatnot. And so I don't know if that's that's a big thing right there, but it with with the scoring, you know, like the the the, the delanteros drying up and if and if a Raul Jimenez doesn't recover there will be like a push to, to at least to, to cap Chicharito to bring him in again. So I, I don't know what's what's going on there. I haven't kept up too hey, much on the chismes. I need to pick up a TV nota. But with, uh, with Carlos Vela, though, his initial, like back in back a few years, whenever he uh, was on that podcast, his reason for not going to the national team was to let other guys like it, his turn was over. Other guys need to come in, and he didn't want to go and steal their. Spot. Yeah, that was. And now, well, that was, now there are no other guys. You're just saying he qualified to the World Cup, and he said it was unfair because he didn't participate. Because I remember him saying something that along those lines, where he's like, "I don't think it's fair that I think I wasn't in qualifiers, and I'm gonna take someone more deserving." But that, I just that, think he's he's just kind of full of it. Yeah. Have you noticed that ever since Europe started to become more of a priority, that the mentality of players kind of like, you know, quote unquote, dissing on the on the on the national team has become a little bit more prevalent? Yeah, I, I do. I, even within the league, you know, it, it's we've seen it. We've seen yeah. where it's like they, they don't care too much about it was a big deal if you went to some of these clubs now it's not so much if you went to Chivas or, or America or, now it's 
it, it just doesn't seem to now they're they're viewed as a much. stepping stone you look at chivas and america it's oh it's a stepping stone in my career i want to go to europe it's crazy well i think the thing with that though is um is that it's becoming a selfish type of sport where you want to be in the in the glory and receive all the praise and you do that by going to europe there's no there's no more and it's all about business you see that with the mexican americans who just you know swap teams or choose the team that's best for their career instead of playing for you know their country with pride with um like nationalism if you want to call it that or whatever that that's like seeming to go away people people will mark things out and they'll just go for their own benefit selfishness and not even care about anything else That's why you see all these like Mexican, like these young kids in Mexico. Um, they don't wear no Cruz Azul or or a Toluca jersey. They'll be wearing like Juventus or Barcelona jerseys and all this stuff. So uh, I've been looking at some of the squads that won the World Cup over the years, and the common denominator is that majority of this team, you know, twenty three players, are. Um, domestically based, even going back to like 2002 when when Brazil beat Germany, uh, most of their players were from the Brazilian national league, or, you know, team or uh, league. And same yeah. thing, same thing with Italy. In fact, Italy in 06, the entire 23 roster all played domestically in in Italy. Um, Germany, like 16 of their players played in the Bundesliga, and then in France, nine of the players were from League One. The most from any other league. So, I mean, it's just a common denominator, man. Like, maybe apart from, like, Croatia, because, you know, Croatia is such a small country. But, I mean, I think most of these teams that end up winning these these titles, it's, like, most of their, the base is from, from the league. Yeah, and it's, it's players because that's, they get to know each other. Even uh, going back to 86, when we were talking about Argentina, and they were mostly all based they, they get to play against each other a lot, you know, and at one point they probably play together, but, but these are players that week in, week out are, are, so they get to know each other, you know, it's like your rival, you, you fought him, you, you sort of know, you come to know him good. But I, I think that that gets ignored, you know, cause, and I think because there's just a, a negative opinion on, on the, on the league, on, on the Mex league. So it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't want that. But I, and I was saying a, a few years back, I mean, I, dude, I remember seeing the America from the Ben Hacker America in 97, and then the Ojitos Mesa, Toros Mesa, and Toluca teams. That's some of the best soccer I've ever seen, man. Those games, if you could find some of those games on YouTube, those teams were playing really good. And and that was with, with there was a restriction on foreigners. They, they just had like, what? Four and five, I believe. Yeah, it couldn't take up more than half the squad. So then, yeah, then they we you know they got convinced in FMF that more is better, and I just I haven't seen the league be that much more better from when it was back then. I haven't seen some of these games that I, I'm gonna say, damn, you know, it, week in week out, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have like this this awesome game. I just. I haven't seen teams that have gone like that. They have been that epic. Shout out to um, MX Sud America 
uh, Liga Mekis and Sudamerica is these these people from I think they're from Argentina and they upload all this like crazy uh, videos from back in the day of Liga Mekis and they're oh just, yeah 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 they're just big fans of of Liga Mekis and seeing like Cardoso and Toluca man that team psh, uh, that team could go toe to toe with anybody like that team was just based man they were so good yeah. And that what the thing with that, uh, I mean Cardoso. I mean their first title was in what ninety eight. Then it, it was in ninety nine. It was what fall ninety eight, fall ninety nine, fall two thousand. Those were my stomping years back in college, by the way. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no. That, that, I mean, that was my years. Yeah, that's when we, when we were hitting the clubs. If I'm, no, mis- uh, if I'm not mistaken, the that's when they changed it to the short tournaments, right? No, that was that was '96. That was actually I was a freshman in college then. Uh, so so yeah, so that that was '96, and it's funny because, you know, um, a Club América they till this date it's still the longest streak, but they went from eight. What was it? Eighty-one to 96 of consi- consistently making the playoffs. And then the very first tournament where they did the, uh, the short season, that was the first season, you know, in 16, you know, 16 years, or whatever, uh, that, that, uh, that America did not make the, the playoffs. And that's when, you know, when Santos won, you know, Santos was the first team to win the, um, really? Yeah. They were, the, they were the first team to win the, the short season, uh, yeah, ninety six. Oh wow, with Borghetti. Yeah. So because because that was uh, that was uh, Santos, and then and then it was uh, what ninety seven. That's when they had it Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. I think. Yeah. Yeah. In, that was invierno, which is fall, and then the and then 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 Toluca did the the uh, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. You know, which for me was amazing because keep in mind that you know Toluca, if I'm not mistaken, is that what has the highest elevation. I think it's higher than I think it's even higher than Pachuca, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Really? So I mean for so for them for them for that Toluca team to play as open and as dynamic as they were, you know, you, you would expect that from like I mean maybe the teams in Monterrey or or more closer to, to uh to you know you know sea level, you know. But you know, Toluca, I mean, playing in that elevation and playing that sort of fast you know, you know, fast, you know, soft, fast paced soccer dude. They were, you know, I hated them. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I hated them because they were good. You know, they were a direct threat, but to, to America. But I mean, La Bombonera I, sits at an altitude yeah. of roughly 8,750 feet, one of the highest altitude stadiums in North America. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. And it's, it's funny because, you know, these are like the little things that people don't normally think about. But I mean, for that, to just to describe, just to say how good that team was, you know, that team was. Forget that they, I mean they were playing, you know, in that sort of elevation, and then you know, and not to and then the the, the they kept inten- they kept the grass intentionally, um, a little taller, like than than other stadiums, and even then, dude, they were still able to you know move the ball, you know, really fast, you know. And if I'm not mistaken, they didn't have like a like lights 
So they always no, had they, to play at noon. The, yeah, they they did that because of Copa Copa Libertadores. Mm. So 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 basically, teams like I think San, Santos, Santos and Toluca, I think were the last teams, you know, professional teams in Liga MX that that uh, that installed the uh, lights, you know, and that was for international tournaments. Yeah, they told them too that they would be disqualified. Well, yeah, that's that's one of those, you know, like you know those those uh, double when. Sa- yeah, when Santos, you know, when Santos was was playing in their, I think, I think this was what in two thousand four when they got, um, you know, screwed over in penalties uh, against River, but 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 that was their first year that they did Copa Libertadores. There was a, there was they were you know thinking of not allowing Santos to participate because of the stadium because of the stadium. Uh, let's be honest, yeah, no. you know, Corona was a real piece of shit. <laughs> it, was, dude, it was a real piece of shit dude you know it's you know and it was just a, it wasn't a nice stadium at all there. so so it was a you know it was a piece of shit stadium but you know Comebol, they were you know giving you know they were saying well you know they don't have you know enough capacity you know blah 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 i know where ron's going with this so so basically <laughs> But do you remember that? But then I think it was Televisa. They did an actual, you know, uh, report. How I think it was a team in Chile. I thought the, Venezuela, but yeah. No, no. I, I almost, it's, it was in Chile that they had a stadium made out of wood. But <laughs> oh, they could play. Wait, 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 wait what? what? Excuse me. It was on. If, if I recall, man, too bad there wasn't YouTube around back then. But they did a report. You know, and they showed the video and everything of, of one of the teams participating no in Copa Copa Libertadores. You know, of of you know their entire stadium was still wood. You know, it was a wooden stadium, <laughs> and that's where like saying, "Hold on, so you're basically busting Santos's balls for not having a pretty stadium." Yeah, basically, yeah. what San well, basically what Comebol wanted was more money because they wanted Santos to play not in not in uh not in in Torreon. They wanted them to play in in, in uh, Mexico City. You know, like in, in like Azteca Stadium or maybe even uh, Guadalajara in, in Jalisco. You know, in, in a and you know th- that's those type of conditions. But but going back to that, even though at the time you're thinking, you know, you know, you know, fucking Colombia Bowl, man, they they a bunch of assholes. That <laughs> that type of stuff actually that sort of adversity and and double crossing yeah. and that actually helps. Because you're because I mean, think of all the times you know, Liga MX and the Mexican Federation got screwed over, you know, not so much on the field but off the field, you know, antics from from Colmebol of always trying to make sure that you know the South Americans had you know some sort of advantage over the Mexicans. Of course, that 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 helps, you know, playing in that sort of adversity both on and off the field. I think that's I you know Mexico needs that the Mexican yeah player having needs a that. coach spit on your face as you get <laughs> suspended and you can't even play but yeah I mean think about it I mean that, that's you know those are games you know think about it. America going into into a monumental beating beating River Plate one nothing going into Maracaná beating Flamingo three nothing you know you know uh, you know uh, yeah Flamingo, Pachuca, Pachuca. Flamingo is the biggest uh, the most popular team in Brazil. Yeah, and they and and fucking America beat them three nothing, and then I still remember I still have that, that that image in my head where the reporter from Fox Sports 
uh, was asking <laughs> that uh, that goalkeeper Bruno. I think his name was Bruno. Like, how do, how do you feel? And he's just <laughs> starts crying. You know, like. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I mean, those those guys can't just go home, you know. It's, yeah, it's not like in Mex where you lose and then you go out and the fans will buy you a beer. They're, no. they're waiting for you in the parking lot, throwing rocks <laughs> at your car. They're waiting yeah. outside of your house. They're not going to let you forget you lost for a whole week. Yeah, I but mean, yeah, it, those it, were those were great results. I'm I'm gonna throw in the Chivas one when they beat uh, which one was it, Jaime? A Santos team. Boca no, no, or Santos? Yeah. In Brazil for like I lost count. We, we beat so many good teams like... Uh, <laughs> Not just American. She was Colo Colo a, lot of the, and, yeah. a lot of the Mexican teams. But shit, the vast majority of them that, that participated in Sudamericana or Libertadores. They yeah, got the ones great that, results. They take, the ones that were taking it serious because sadly then you saw a few teams that just kind of half-assed it and then weren't you know, I think it was early on. I think it was like Tigres, Monterrey. That didn't seem to like take it as serious or just focus on it. Wasn't it Monterrey that they couldn't beat Venezuela for the for the ticket? You know, because they would play the elimination. It was like uh-huh. I went back when Max was like repechaje or like what qualifier or something. They would they would play the Venezuelan teams for for like the spot. For the, they oh, would use the Venezuelan okay. tickets, yeah. And uh, they would always beat them, but then I think Monterrey was the first one to, like, just lose. Yeah. So what do you think is going to take for us to get back in Libertadores? Just wanting to do all you have to do is ring them up and be like, hey, uh, you know, what's up? And that's it. It's, they're, like the, they're like that booty call, man. They're just like... The trusty one, they they want Mexico. I mean, it's it's just Mexico so much money for them. They they do want him. I mean, despite all that talk of the back the backstabbing, but that's because those clubs are are dependent a lot on on selling players. And so once you had all these Mexican teams, you know, leaving out like the Peruvians and Ecuadorians and other leagues out of like elimination games. That just meant less of a vitrina for them to sell players. So there was probably a lot of pressure, especially back then, more corrupt, to to give them a helping hand. You know, it's like, God, oh, dude, fucking Mexicans, you know, help. they shouldn't even be here. So I guess they would throw them that bone so that they wouldn't complain. Um, but they they do want Mex to, to go back because just Mex want them to do it. And that's a funny thing because, like you said, they didn't, you know, and not, not so much the Argentinians or the Brazilians, but most of the no, the, the smaller the, the smaller ones like the, the the Colombians, the Venezuelans, the Bolivians. They didn't want they didn't want Mexico in there because they know that they <laughs> that you know they were getting kicked off, you know, out of the dinner table. You know, yeah. If you were in a group, you know, at first you would just have to fear if you were going to be placed with a. Brazilian. Brazilian or Argentine yeah. club, but then now you had Max, and it was like, ah, oh, you know, because even teams like Santos could feel stronger teams. You, yeah. you didn't even have to be the America, you know. It could be the the other clubs that that could feel stronger teams, and and that's why we were seeing so many good results and, and games. And always, part of that has yeah. part of that has to do with, like, for example, the '93 Copa America, because. You know, and, and one of the things that, you know, 
Mexico Mexico teams tend to to complicate things for the host nation. Be, because you know, for example, Mexico beat you know Ecuador in the semifinals uh, in the Copa America, which was held in in, in 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 Ecuador. So that also that that type of stuff, you know, also kind of left a sour taste in a lot of the South American uh, uh, executives, you know. And right. like you said, at first they didn't really want the Mexican teams, but eventually that mentality changed because the sponsors are the ones that really are the ones that wanted. To, to, to keep the Mexican teams because they started to see they started to see the golden goose, you know. Yeah, they, all these the, brands now they're, they're they're in two big markets like Mexico and the U.S. Yeah, and in fact, it, it 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 was it was uh, what was it uh, uh, Santander? Yeah, was it Santander? I think it was Santander. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was Santander. Santander, yeah. They're they're the ones that basically forced Colmebol. To say, you know what, and that's and that's one of the reasons why the the Interliga ended because they wanted to ensure um, they wanted to ensure that Mexican teams had an auto had at least two two automatic spots into 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 Sudamericana. I'm sorry, it's not Sudamericana, Libertadores. Yeah, and and that's because they they were they Santander knew that they would. They could get into that market, Mexico, uh, the Mexican market, and the yeah. U.S. market, and the U.S. market, and so having Mex, you know, in those tournaments, it just brings more money from sponsors and TV deals because now, now um, your product is going to be seen in those two markets by this amount of people, you know. So it's it's all of a sudden it's more lucrative, and so it, they do want them. It's just Mex. Uh, I don't really know the reasoning. I was thinking TV, but I, I'm not even sure. I don't know what FMF wants that they're like decided to just opt out. I mean, at, at first it wasn't it wasn't their choice. It, it, it was it was that you know okay. keep in mind that, that you know uh, what do you call it? The Libertad. I'm sorry. The, the three years that Mexico was in the Sudamericana. Which was what oh four oh five and oh six right? Yes. And then, that's when Jack Warner and Chuck Blazer said, "Uh, uh-uh, no more. You got it. There's no. You, you can still play Libertadores, but you can't play in Sudamericana anymore because you have to put, you have to uh, take our our uh, our Concacaf yeah, Conca Champions, uh, yeah. our Conca Champions more serious. Like okay, but then in 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 twenty eleven. When they were gonna, when Copa America was gonna be in Argentina, which I was so looking forward to going, that's when Jack Warner and 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 what do you call it, uh, and Chuck Blazer also said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you gotta give, you gotta give a uh, Gold Cup yeah. uh, preference." Then, then so under said, twenty-three. At first they at first they weren't even gonna allow them, but then they said, "Okay, no, you can you can send your 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 twenty-three under twenty-three." That's kind of like for that was kind of like the beginning. You know, because that that was what in the following one it was the same thing. Mexico didn't send their best player because of uh, of uh, Conca, uh, because of Concacaf. You know the Concacaf. Then I I thought that after the Copa Centenario, you know, where where Mexico lost, you know, what was it six nothing? Yeah. <laughs> six five. I think it was five. I, I think it was five. I think it was five. <laughs> so so I honestly thought that that was going to be the turning point. Um. 
and and basically, you know, it's like, okay, well, it, this is going to be it now. This is, you know, it's going to happen now. And unfortunately, no. Nah. And and I I don't know. I I really don't. I don't know why you know they're not taking that serious anymore. You know, because you yeah. know the, when you're telling me, oh, it's because of the scheduling. It's you know conflicts of scheduling. Well, I, I don't buy that for one moment because what? Now you have League's Cup, Campeones Cup, Nations League. And I think that's that's what they wanted to focus on. And I don't know how they sold mechs on it, you know. I, yeah, and I, I, I do think they went along. And I think that's that's the one of the reasons. And I'm I'm not sure what, you know, they're not going to tell us. They're not going to be like, this is what we 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 think is best. We're just not going to know unless mm-hmm. someone leaks that info. So, like someone that was in those meetings. Uh, we have comments in the YouTube section saying that Liga MX quit Libertadores because they want that MLS cash. That Yeah, that could be too, you know, because there was meetings going on uh, with... Uh, what was that dude's name? He already he's gone already. But but but, but here's the thing though. The president, huh? But here's the thing. The 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 ratings for Interliga amongst amongst what do you call it? The the ratings for Interliga amongst the obviously you know there it was all Mexican clubs. For Fox Sports were um, were they were tremendous. I mean they were some of the their their best, you know, uh, you know, ratings for the entire year. Really? And that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, having having Mexican teams play in, in Copa Libertadores and in, in, in Sudamericana, it, the ratings were through the roof. So I, I don't I don't That's I don't, probably what they want, Ron, because they're probably thinking, OK, well, if this is the only tournament. Fans are more likely, but it's it's missing that pizzazz, you know, it's missing that that playing against these old world teams. So I think uh I think I don't know how long it'll go till they might just want to include or go back to to Sud America. But I, I do I do feel it was something along those lines where it's like similar to what Liga MX did, you know, once they went to to the short season and then they eliminated some of these cubs that then they ended up bringing back. Like, you know, they just they no longer focused on like Copa MX and and some of these other Copa Campeones and, and whatnot. We had uh, Giovanna. Thank you, Giovanna, for hopping on. She said, don't understand why we're cozying up with MLS when we could chill with Comebol. And uh, she also says, I agree, and I think that it's better for MLS than for Mexico. Anytime an MLS team beats Liga MX, suddenly the media goes crazy with stuff like it's a turning point, start of MLS, dominance. And yeah, I mean, I agree. I kind of feel like the the big the, you know biggest beneficiary to this is is MLS not really us you know so I don't know did MLS ever play in, in the Libertadores were there any were they ever invited no I no but Sud- but Sud America did and they got their asses handed to <laughs> <laughs> I think they were invited but they turned it down because th- at that point their rosters are pretty small they're not what it was like now so they had like limited players so they knew they weren't going to be able to compete in two tournaments 
Uh, they did get to play the, what was it, Ron, when you the winner of the CONCA champions will play the, the winner no, they, of the... They played Sudamericana. No, no, but there was that oh, one. Oh, the Interamericana. The, no, inter, yeah, Interamericana. They, they, Bruce Arena won it with uh, DC United. They beat Vasco da Gama. But where, where did they play yeah. it at? I think it was here, but I mean, they, they have that, you know. <laughs> that's what I'm, and that, and that's, and that right there brings me to another point. Every achievement, MLS achievement, or even the United States, you know, men's national achievement, everything has been on U.S. soil. But yeah. the thing about it, but, th but, but when things go round robin or in another tournament or another country, a tournament, they don't, they don't, they don't do well. They don't fare well. And that's why I, that's why I'm not a big fan of, you know, League's Cup. I'm not a fan of Campeones Cup. I'm not a fan of Nations League. I'm not even a fan of Copa of of of, of the Gold Cup, you know. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I think it outgrew the whole thing of always being hosted in the U.S. I, and we talked about how it should be, it, it should be played in in other countries, even if they have to co-host it, you know, or at least let let the host country, similar to what Mexico did, where. They stay in their, you know, like if it's in Honduras, they could stay in San Pedro Sula and whatnot. It's capital. It's capitalism's problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a um, word search alert. Ricardo mentions the word pocho, so I'm all on it. He <laughs> says Comebol doesn't bring in pocho dollars like the U.S. MLS can. So like it's it's well it's not just pochos like in the U.S. that follow MLS teams, but also like American, like the hipster type Americans that all of a sudden are are MLS fans. Those people, in addition to the Mexicans, just bring in the dollars, man. You don't see like if we were to go to uh, Libertadores, you wouldn't see like all these. I mean, there's not too many Brazilians and Argentinians and that'll just flood to to watch these Libertadores games against the, the Mexican teams. Hmm. So the money, the money, it's all about money. It's all about making money. That's why Moleros exist. That's why uh, uh, League's Cup, like all these things that Ron hates in the U.S., <laughs> like all, this, all this stuff exists for money. Oh, yeah, yeah. That goes without saying, Chiquis. Uh, I'm not hating on I, I'm not hating on Moleros. I, I really am not, because I've I, you know keep it look before you had all these Moleto games in the U.S. I'm sorry, you know, you used to have like for example, you know, you had a lot of teams that would do preseasons. For example, in in resort towns like in Mexico, they would you know they would either. You know, they they would go to Cuernavaca, or, or they would go to uh, you know Isapan de la Sal, or they would go to you know Acapulco or, or wherever. You know, well, the the Mexican, you know, the the, the 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 owners they got a little smart and said, you know what? Well, we could we could you know do our preseasons, we could do them in the U.S. and make money, and the fans over there will actually pay a little bit more. And so, I mean, in that regards, sure. I mean, it's a win-win. I mean, you're still going to have to do the you're, you're you were still doing the preseason away away from you know the, the town or the, you know away from you know like Mexico City or away from uh, you know uh, Guadalajara or Monterrey, wherever the case may be. You were still doing it away. So it's like, well, if you can do it away and make money, sure, good. I mean, that that's what they're there for. I mean, that's what a businessman is there supposed to do, you know. 
So I, I don't I don't mind that they that they're making money. That's not the issue. You have to make money in order for for you guys for them to you know attract you know top talent and and build stadiums and build you know uh, clubhouses and all that type of stuff. My my issue is that you don't you don't need to do you don't need to do you know more of it. You don't have to put you know mas crema al taco. You don't need to do a nations cup. You don't when you already have the gold cup. You don't need to do you know uh, a campeones cup or a league cup. Or you know now even the MLS Cup, when you already have the Conca champions, I, I think that's just stupidity. It's more 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 opportunities for for money grabs. Yeah, but but eventually uh, eventually you're gonna just you know you're gonna bleed it dry. Honestly, I think that they're just trying to prepare us for the inevitable merger between Liga Mekis and MLS. I think they're just they're trying to make this happen. They've been trying to make this happen for a while, and I think the leagues are just too big to to have one joint league. But you know they're gonna try really hard because you know they see the numbers. They see how many people watch the Mexican national team, how much you know the TV ratings does, and I think like the, America just wants to take advantage of that. Well, not not just America, Mexico too. I mean, back in the nineties, they were trying to get the, what is it, the San Francisco, what is it, Blackhawks. Um, they were trying. Uh, uh, they were uh, league MX. They were trying to get two teams and the two teams. I think if I'm not mistaken, they were both California based. They were trying to get the, them to play, participate in in, in, in Primera División. Hmm. So, and you see, the writing's the writing has been on the wall for a while because for mo- for more than twenty for more than twenty years, it's been yeah, it, it, when. When did uh when did League MX teams start having like thirty or forty um, sponsor sponsor logos on their jerseys? Like if you're not if you have an empty space and you don't have a sponsor logo, you're not doing your job, man. <laughs> you need to put something on there. No, 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 not, not not necessarily true because if you think about it, I mean, Toluca has one of the nicest kits in in all of League MX. They 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 have very, they don't have a lot of sponsors on their shirts and that has to be, and I would actually commend them for not you know making their their jerseys into you know NASCAR you know kits. What that what that tells you is that you know they they're able to they're able to get enough money that they you know enough money from the sponsors that they have rather than you know asking you know, for, for more sponsors and, and really making your kits into look like crap. Yeah. Slowly. Speaking of that, speaking of that, do you guys remember when uh, Vergara said when he took all the sponsors from the team and he says, I'm not going to, how did he say? How did he say it, Joel? No voy a prostituir la camiseta. Remember that? <laughs> he, he forgets. He forgets he's getting old. If only he saw the jersey that Chios are rocking now. It's got his signature <laughs> on the back now. No, but what the thing about it is, Vergara, you know, Vergara said, no voy a prostituir la camiseta de Chivas. That only lasted for like, that only lasted for like, I think, a season. And then after that, boom, he started putting a lot, you know, he started putting a advertise, you know, he started to put your sponsors on the shirt, you know? Yeah, one of my favorite jerseys of all time was the that season where we didn't have any sponsors. We went to the final against Pumas, lost in the penalty shootout in 04. Um, but no sponsors on that jersey. I don't even know who made that jersey. I thought it was Atletica, but I found out that it wasn't. It was somebody else. 
they took on that Reebok deal and yeah, started to get those sponsors like Bimbo. Jesus, that Bimbo logo still haunts me to this day. Gentlemen, I'm going to have to log off. Absolutely. Let's have another 300 more. Just give him a round of applause for figuring out how to hop on Twitter spaces. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Thank you, Ron. I guess we can end this podcast with some predictions. Jamaica and Mexico and uh, Mexico, Costa Rica. Do you guys think we we win both games? We win, draw, we lose, lose. What, what are you guys' predictions for the qualifiers this this week? Well, since they're not getting their players, apparently, or some of their players, uh, I'm going to say a win against Jamaica. And I, I expect a win against uh, Costa Rica, even in Costa Rica as well. That's my prediction. Six points. Six out of six. Very optimistic. Joel, what do you think? Lost to there. Oh, he's listener mode. <laughs> I'll mode. invite him to speak again. As well as uh, Mr. Yums. Pichichi, why not? It's the 300th episode. Want to hear from you guys. I think Mexico should handle Jamaica at home. I do think that it's never easy to play on the road. Although I will say Costa Rica kind of fell off. I mean, they, I don't even know if Kaylor Navas is going to be allowed to to go. So for that reason, I, I do think that our domestic side should handle both matches. But I could see it going to a draw. So I would say four out of six points. Hey, what's up, young? <laughs> what are you doing over there, man? That's yep. not what I think it is. That's not what I think it is, man. You're taking a shower or something? <laughs> <laughs> Yums is, uh... Oh, <laughs> he was on. He didn't know he was on. <laughs> Hello. There we go. I can hear you boys now. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. Well, congratulations on the 300th episode. You guys have been doing this for what, about 10 years now? Oh, man. You guys caught me in a bit of a wet situation, boys. I'm taking a shower. Well, we appreciate your uh, enthusiasm for your ongoing support. Oh, definitely. So, I've been part of the group for 15 years, man. Oh, this fucking wire. There we go. Is that better? There we go. Yeah. Sorry about that. I just wanted to say congratulations before you guys logged off. Ow. Hey, man. Good job keeping it clean. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you, you gotta stay clean, bro. You gotta stay clean all the time. You gotta use a washcloth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, did Ronnie log off? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh man, then he came to speak to my little buddy. 
That's, that's great. <laughs> he ran away. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, guys. I'm all in off. I got I to gotta finish the shower. I got to finish pumping, if you know what I mean. So I'll, I'll see you guys in the chat. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> grand opening, grand closing for Yums. Everybody was freaking out in the YouTube chat. Like, what is going on? He's taking a bath or pooping. <laughs> oh, man. What an episode. 300. Here's to 300 more. I'm going to yeah. try and get Joel to uh, speak before we, we end this one. But now the, the, the chat on YouTube was, was incredible, man. A lot of people discussing stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, y'all need to create a Twitter handle. What is wrong with y'all? They're all uh, complaining about not being able to talk. And finally, when we give them the opportunity to talk, they, they're like, oh, I don't have a Twitter account. Well, how do you expect to <laughs> join in the conversation? You guys got to hop on Twitter, create an account so you can hop on Twitter spaces when we go, when we go live. And I've been, trying to get, I've, I've been trying to get Ricardo to join for a couple episodes yeah. now. Yeah. They're laughing at Yums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live from the live from the shower. <laughs> live, live from the bathtub. <clears throat> so, Mexico kicks off their World Cup qualifiers on Thursday. Be there or be square. Seven p.m. That's uh, California time. A little bit late, I think. And we'll. Have to wait and see if this is going to be a easy cycle or if this is going to be the beginning of a nightmare with Tata Martino. Here's my prediction, though. I, I, I can see Mexico like like whipping on everybody, every single team in CONCACAF. Even U.S.? Except the U.S. Ah, except the U.S. I can see them losing in Azteca and in the mm, U.S. I think you went too far there, bro. I don't know that I don't know too many teams that could beat Mexico and El Azteca. It hasn't been too I mean, they haven't been blowing the US out in Azteca. It's been close. It's been competitive every pretty much every single time. I even remember like back in the day when uh was it uh I think we saw the clip, it was like an anniversary of uh Charlie Davis scored a goal to go up or, or something. And uh, Israel Castro had to score a golazo. That's right. And then, and then uh, Sabah, no? Yeah, Miguel Sabah. I think Giovanni ran in. No, it was Efrain Juarez ran in. Oh, Castro. that's right. And Sabah got the got the win, the winning goal. I think so. That was like a struggle, it was two one or something. So it's never easy, even in Azteca in recent days. Yeah, otro Aztecaso. Especially if we get disciplined for the chant. Um, I'm not sure. I think they um, weakened our punishment. They lessened it. I think think it's just a one game behind closed doors instead of like two or three. So they should be good for their second home game against Canada. On October 7th. Yeah, so Mexico has Jamaica on Thursday. Then they go to Costa Rica. And then they go to Panama on Wednesday. So you got two road games 
Do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 300? No, man. Just thanks for uh, thanks for running things. It's, it's looking great. Looking, uh, I know it's been a while for me to come on with my weird schedule, but yeah, thanks thanks to you and Hoel for keeping this thing going. Absolutely. Got to keep it going. Got to put some respect on Cantina MX and Soccer Chronicle. And yeah. uh want to give a big shout-out to everyone that uh, has listened to us throughout the years and our hardcore fans that are always on the YouTube chat just making us laugh. And Here's to another 300 more episodes. And yeah. uh, Ricardo, if you're listening, man, you got to make that Twitter account so we can have you hop on Spaces. <laughs> Uh, Joel, not sure what happened to him. <laughs> He's changing the diaper. Ah, got it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a great night. Thank you guys, and make sure to catch us in next week. Take care.